Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. I always say that transitions are some of the most, they can be some of the most exhilarating and exciting times, but it can also be some of the most perilous times. Um, as long as you stay in your lane when you're driving, you should be good most of the time. But most people get in wrecks when they change lanes. Most people, you're in the most danger when you're making transitions. Somebody say transition. And so it's important that as we make transitions that we don't operate in fear, but respect for the fact that transition has its perils. And we are in a moment, we are in a mode of transition. Somebody say transition. I believe before the foundation of the earth, that God knew this moment would be coming, that we would, of the many transitions that we've been in, that God would allow this happen to happen in the year that God said is going to be a year of fulfillment. I'm reminded that when, uh, how many of y'all got Amazon Prime, right? Say, thank the Lord for Amazon Prime. Amen get it in two days but whatever you order we have faith enough in Amazon that we will see something on our phone on the screen and we'll click it for a price and because I paid my subscription to, to, to uh, Amazon that I have faith in them that in two days what I ordered will be at my doorstep we act as if we have it when we ordered it because we have an expectation. But it has not yet been fulfilled. Whenever we place an order in business circles, their goal is to make sure that they fulfill what you order in a timely manner. Somebody say fulfill. God said that this was a year of fulfillment. And in that package, when you order that from Amazon, I like to follow when they send me the tracking number that it left Michigan. They put, they put the order in. It didn't get picked up to nine. And I wonder how in the world it's going to get to me then. And it, it just got picked up. It seemed like it'll wait a long time. And it'll go through three in five different states I'm like wow but yet and still it shows up right on time somebody say fulfill God gave us the end view of a thing that this was going to be a year of fulfillment but he didn't tell us about the process that we would have to go through no doubt that package from Amazon, it, it was in some hot, stinky trucks. Might have got on a plane or two. Might have got thrown in. How many of you got a box every now and then and got some scuffs and got a dent in the corner and got a dent here? Got some gashes, but, but, but guess what? The thing that was supposed to be fulfilled was also tenderly wrapped in bubble tape. That even though, it, even, though the, even though the container went through some bumps and some bruises, even though it went through some hot temperatures, it may have been in the back of a truck where it was 110 degree temperature, but it was protected, it was cocooned on the inside because the originator said, I got to make sure not only that it's delivered, but is it delivered just like you ordered it. Somebody say fulfilled. So I don't want you to be discouraged because you see the pastor going through a little something. This is just my order being 
taken through the process. Have some of y'all felt like that package before? That God, you spoke this over my life. God, you gave me this. You put this in my heart. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been declaring. And the more I pursued you, the worse the situation looked like it got. Say, God, wait a minute. Did I miss you? Say, God said, no, no. You didn't mishear me. You didn't eat some greens and had, had, had a dream and, and, and that was your thing. I spoke that to you. I just I told you about the end of a thing, but I didn't tell you about the middle passage. I know the middle passage, right? That's why we're, we're, we're many of our ancestors went from freedom to slavery. That middle passage. It was so rough for some that they just said, you know, I would rather die here than go and be a slave there. And so many times that middle passage, it's that middle passage. Then we get excited about God dropping it in our spirits. We get excited about the prophecy when somebody confirms it. We get excited about all those things, but we have not, we prepare ourselves for the victory moment. They'll hold our hands up on the stage and stand on the top and, get, and put the gold medal around our name. We prepare, we prepare for it, but nobody, people rarely prepare for the middle to get themselves ready for the dark nights, for the nights when you're going to hurt. Told you last week, the anguish that even I went through, that God will call, cause me to lay hands on somebody and they get healed and lay balled up in pain for my own self. But tell somebody, you still got to believe. It was believed that Paul... The word of God said that he had a thorn in his flesh. Theologians believe that he had epilepsy. And here he is being the greatest apostle, being the greatest person that built churches and wrote letters to people and dispatched people out. Yet still he had that thorn. He didn't whine about it, but he knew he believed the God that he spoke of, the God that he preached about, Jesus whom he never met, but converted him while he was riding on that beast. He asked two times, got no response. He asked a third time, and God responded. But he didn't respond like he thought he would, want, he would respond. Have you, been, have you ever been there where God didn't respond the way you thought he responded? He will respond. Essentially, he told, you know how people can tell you no without telling you no? God told him, no, I'm not going to heal you. But I'm not going to leave you out there by yourself. I love you enough that I'm going to send grace. And if I never heal you, if I never take the thorn out, if I never fix the situation, you will be a walking testament that despite your limp, you're still thriving. Despite your, your, your abnormality, despite your deficiency, he's still using you at a high level and you're still being effective for him. In other words, he told them, Paul, my grace is sufficient. I have the power to heal you, but if I do not, my grace is sufficient. Touch somebody and tell them God's grace is sufficient. Now, it's our job to still believe him for the ultimate thing. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. It's our job to believe. It's God's job to produce the results. But in the meantime, he didn't leave us desolate. He gave us grace. 
I want you to know that you're looking at grace. Not that I'm special. What you can know. That what they see on the inside doesn't match what you see on the outside. And so, I just want to share with you just with a couple things, just one things that we can get on one accord and start believing together. Not that we didn't, not that we didn't, but sometimes we just have to get kind of a, a, a manifesto of what in this season that we're believing for. And it's, it's vitally important that we pull in the same direction. You know, a lot of times when people are doing tug of war with each other, it's not the team that has the strongest people. It's the team of the people that can pull all at the same time in the same direction. And it's important that we pull in the same direction at the same time, in the same cadence, in the same beat with each other. Amen? Amen? You want to share anything, baby? Somebody say, I believe. There are three things I just want to leave with you. And I want you, whether you're a visitor, whether you're a member here, whether you're a long-term member, you just came in. Our power is in our ability to be together. 
That's the reason God created the institution of the church. So that we could get together. Share our ups, our downs. Overcome by testimony. In the blood of the Lamb. Because when we share that, we find out, oh, you, you, you just came out of that? Oh, I'm, I'm just going in there. Well, I'm in the middle of that. Oh, guess how God brought you out. Oh, I'm not in this thing alone. That's the reason. You know, there's movement, but well, I don't need the church. The church is in me. I can do more. No, it is the gathering of like-minded people. That when we get together, when we get on one accord, when we get in synergy with each other, there's a response that happens from God that you cannot get over a screen. And I thank the Lord for being able to get, you know, it, it, it has its place. But there is something about when, we, when our heartbeat get, gets on the same rhythm. And our emotions and our thought life are focused towards God and with each other. I think that this is one of those moments that are going to, that's going to bring us closer together and going to make us a more powerful church. Somebody say power. power. Powerful church. The first thing I want to share with you is this. And God was taking me through this personally and it means, because how many know that it's not the building that makes us a church? It's the people that occupy it. The same way that in your home, your house is just a house. It's the people that inhabit it that make it a home. It's the people that are part of the church that make it a church, a, leave, a living, breathing organism. There's the organization of church, and then there's the organism of church. That's the heartbeat. That's, that's, the, that's the fabric. That, that's, that's what gives us our identity of how we pursue after God and how the impact that we have on this city and on this generation. And it's vitally important, people of God, that we understand that God allows us to go through and takes us through things of individuality so that we can bring them together corporately and God sees us as his church, not individual. He sees us. That's the reason we get together corporately. He looks down and he sees his bride Worshiping, praising, giving him glory. And then, guess what? We leave from the corporate atmosphere and we go out and we go and build kingdom. And we go and take territory from the, from the kingdom of the devil. And we go out and we go out and be hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And every now and then, the, the word of God said, as the, as, the, as the day grows more evil, we should draw nigh to each other even more. Because God knows through his infinite wisdom that as the devil is getting together and they are colluding together and they are getting together and they are planning, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So I need the faith that's in you. I need the testimony that is you. I need, you may have the gift of prophecy and you may have the gift of the interpretation of it. You may, you, you may have something, every joint supplies. There is no big I, no little you. Tell somebody you are needed. You are needed. And so whatever you're going through individually, you have to bring that to the corporate atmosphere and you will find your healing, you will find your answers, you will find your encouragement so that we can get through. That's why the Bible says, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. We should always be getting together. And so the first thing I want to share with you real quickly that God took me through, it says that I am here on purpose. Somebody say, I'm here on purpose. For a purpose. I'm going to say that again. I'm here on purpose. It's not by mistake that I find myself at this place. It's not a mistake that you are where you are. You are at the stage that you're in. It's not by mistake. You're here on purpose. And if you're here on purpose, you're also here for a purpose. But you don't understand, Pastor Tony, I'm going through this. It's real, it's real bad, and I'm going through, and, and you know, and, and on the job is this, and then that, and then this, and then. you are here for a purpose. 
and you're here on purpose. Scripture tells us this, Psalm 37 and 23, that the steps of a good man, how many good people we got in this place? Come on, come on, declare it. Say, I'm good. Tell somebody, I'm good. Look him in the face. Say, I don't know if you know it, but I'm good. So that means that I am where I am by the providence of God. Even if it's not a good place right now. Because he orders the steps of the good man. How many good people? Let me see your hand. How many good people got in place? He's ordering our steps. I had the opportunity to accuse God. I had the opportunity, and some would say the right. You know, I'm 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 in my adult prime, and ministry is growing, and. And all those things that God, why in the world in the middle of my stride would you allow this to happen to me? Can we just be honest? But I had to take solace in this. We like to think a lot of times he's going to order, he's going to order our steps in the places of milk and honey all the time. And, and, and that's true. That's the ultimate destination. We are on our way to Canaan land, as the song says. But David says, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I take solace in this, that thou art with me. Now, the true travesty of it all is if you're going through and he's not with you. But if you look around, he may not be right beside you, he may not be front, in front of you, but if you settle yourself, you're going to find that God is with you. God is always with us. Sometimes we have to settle ourselves so he can reveal himself to us. But I believe. We, we, we just, and, and it's just, just some simple things, y'all, that I, I just want to impress upon us that I want us to be believing God together. And I want you to encourage your neighbor to tell them you're here on purpose. And you're here for a purpose. Some of you say, Lord, why, why do you still have me here? You're here on purpose. And you're here for a purpose. Now, the endeavor of our lives is to find out, God, what is that purpose? We can't just look up and gaze up into the sky. Lord, okay, Lord, whenever you're ready to do it. No. Like I tell people that are searching for, for a job, your job is to find a job until you get a job. 
Ain't nobody going to come and just find you. <laughs> your purpose is to find purpose until you find. Your purpose is to search for purpose until you find purpose. So many times we're waiting like we're waiting on this package from, <laughs> from Amazon, wondering when it's coming. God said, those that seek me are the ones that are going to find me. And I almost seem like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Like we're saying, stand still. We can stand still in our actions, but still be pursuant of him in our hearts, in our prayer life, in our thought life. Lord, I'm going to stay still. I'm not going to make a big move, but I'm moving towards you because you know the way that I take. You, are, you, you know the ending from the beginning. You are Alpha and Omega. You are all-knowing. You are omniscient. And so, I'm going to stick with you. Tell somebody you're here on purpose. And you're here for a purpose. Yes, I'm Because you always, you know, you always teach us that if we're not moving forward, you know, then we're going to be going back. And, you know, and to the person who is saying, you know, even in their pursuit, well, God, I didn't ask for this. I keep think, looking at you. You know, you didn't ask to whatever year, you know, 11, 10 years old to have the issues that you were having with your, you didn't ask for that. Nor did you do, you know, do anything or whatever, you know, to cause that. God has been with you through all these years. So even, you know, whatever traumatic or whatever situation that you feel like is, you know, I, can, I just, you know, I can't get over it. I can't move past it. God takes away all of our excuses. And his pastor is saying, you've got to seek God. you got to try. He's been telling us with the emotions, you know, if we need to do the counseling, if we need to do whatever help that we can get. But God will not leave you alone. He will not leave you by yourself. There is a way. Mm-hmm. There is a way for us to take so that we can fulfill all of the things that God has for us. So God knows that. There are a lot of things that happen to us. They're like, God, why in the world? I know you love me. I know you care. But why did my life have to take this path? Yeah. Why did my life have to go in this direction? And then we're looking at other people like they seem like they're all happy and got everything together. Yeah. You still don't know their story. Like you said, until pastor, thank God he's been transparent. You you know, you see us hopping on stage and giving God glory, but you know, you know, a lot of people didn't know what he was dealing with and been facing. But God knows. And again, we're going back to grace and we're going back to belief and we're going back to God. We trust you. We're going back to God. I first, you know, I say I'm going to seek you and try to press and, and move as forward, much as forward as possible, God. Get in the help that I may need. That's why he says we come into the body. So we can feel each other's hurts and burdens and be the church that God has called us to be. Amen. He hadn't left us. Amen. I'm here for a purpose. Here on purpose, and I'm here for a purpose. So one thing that I just wanted to leave with you on this. If God led me here, it's because he trusts me to handle it. And that I will bring him glory through it. In other words, can God trust you with trouble? A prudent teacher will only test the students when they feel that they're ready to be tested. A teacher that don't care, well, I don't care. Y'all can learn if you want to, get an F if you want to. But a prudent teacher that is concerned about the students learning and their development, they may even push the test back because they realize that y'all not ready. You're not ready yet. I got to do some more things. And so the fact that God allowed you to go through what you're going through, you think, God, while you're punishing me, God said, you're ready for promotion, but you got to go through this test. Can, so can God trust you enough to test you? You remember the, 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 in, in the story of Job, the devil was roaming the earth, going to and fro. He said, what are you doing, devil? I'm looking for somebody to buy. I'm looking for somebody. He said, have you, have you considered my servant, Job? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've considered him, but there's a, such a fiery hedge of protection around him. But I got I to bet with you, God. I bet if you take that hedge away from him, he'll curse your name. God said, you got a deal. You can touch everything but his soul. And children start dying, and livestock start dying, and and, and, and all kind of famine and all kind of calamity. Anybody feel like Job when you have one of them days like, Lord, if I hear one more thing, I'm just going to run down I-40 backwards. 
Anybody ever had those days? Those those Job days. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't take one more thing, God. Stuff was coming to Job one after the other. But God was able to trust Job with trouble because he knew that ultimately he would get glory out of him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this to, to numb myself to the thing. It's, it's something real I'm about to go through. It may something be real you may be going through, but you have to look. So many times we can be creatures of the moment of the episode that we're in and we make it the whole totality of it's just a chapter it's not the whole book we all like a good book we all like a good movie that's got an antagonist and a protagonist where they're going through adversity they gotta go through some things nobody wants a straight line oh that movie was boring it didn't have nothing the, the, the thing that makes it a good story is that you went through something and you ended in a place of victory amen and if you appreciate that, don't you know God is a good storyteller? Tell somebody God is a good storyteller. And he wants to tell a good story through you. And that means you may have to go through some things. But I want you to know that if God allow you in it, he trusts you with this moment. He's saying... There's enough, there's enough stuff in you. Now, I'm talking, about, I'm, talking, I'm talking about what God allows. I ain't talking about what we put ourselves in. Because we can put, you know, we, when we get in trouble, we say, God, is this something you allow? Is this something you appointed? Or is this something I caused? There was a distinct difference. But when we find out from God that there's something that God has allowed and his grace is sufficient, let's buckle up and let's go through it. Tell somebody to go through it. Go ahead, honey. And then we say, God, as we are trusting him, I know, like I said, I, I'm called for such a time as this pastor's going, what he's going through, but we don't sit back in denial and we get on our knees and we say, God, I, I know what you I know what's going on, but, but take anything in my heart, God, that you can't use, God. Show me, God, myself, God. Let me not be in denial of God and think, think that I got all the answers and I'm doing everything. God, wash me, cleanse me, purify me, God. Draw me closer to you, God. I submit myself to you. Humble myself before you, God. Show me your way. Teach me. We stay before him. Hallelujah. We know that we're called. We know that we're chosen. We know that we are purposed. But we get our wisdom and we keep our ear to God so that he can trust us and give us the instructions. And we don't go ahead of him, not too far behind him, but we stay with him so that he can see this thing to completeness. And we ask God just to have his way. We always ask him, I die daily, God, cleanse my heart, purify me. Anything in my mind, my thought patterns, anything, God, that I that could have got in there, God, that I didn't even see, that I don't even know about. I'm yours, God. All the things we sing about, and I submit myself and give myself away to you. Hallelujah. We humble ourselves before God. Yeah. Because he is the creator. He is the great I am. You are nothing to him. And we yield ourselves and say, God, have your way in my life. Then he can teach us and lead us to all truth and understanding. I love saying, teach me, oh God, teach me your ways. They used to sing, shine a light of heaven on my soul. If you find anything that should not be, God, take it out. Yeah. Take it out, God. Reveal it to me. Help me how to deal with it. Yeah. We can't say, oh, I'm called. And no. All the, everybody called chosen. You got to still stay submitted before God and see what he's saying because he was there one day but he might be over there tomorrow. We seek the Lord with due diligence so we can still see this thing to completion. Amen. We can't believe without it. You can't believe without it. It can't be in ourselves. Got to stay submitted to our Father. Amen. Romans 8 and 28 we know that all things work together. For the good and the love of the Lord, who called according to what, y'all? His purpose. If we find out what our purpose is and we line it up with His purpose, we can look past the trouble that we're currently in to see the end result. The last thing I want to leave with you on this there is no occurrence in life that is powerful enough 
to alter God's plan concerning you. I know it feels bad. I know it feels monumental. I know the giant seems big. I know the, the thing hurts you and it feels bad, but there is no occurrence. You may, Lord, this is the thing that's, Lord, I can't take no more. God said, I still hadn't changed my plans. I, I, I still see you, yes. not what you're in. I see the end result in you. I see you that shining example. I see you as that glorious picture that I can show to the world. I know it hurts. I know the disappointment hurts. And I know it seems like it is, the, it is the totality. You know, kids, you know, kids when they're so young, they, they, they don't have the right perspective yet. They have perspective of a child. And going to the water park on Saturday, that is the biggest thing in their world. That's all they can think about. That, their whole hope and their whole existence is wrapped up in going doing something, or doing something fun. Not realizing that it was a whole path of life that they got to follow. And in the grand scheme of things, it's this big. And so many times we can look at the situation that we're in and it's so big. But God said, it may be big to you, but it is a speck to me. And I don't care how many times you failed me. I don't care how many times you've fallen. I don't care how many times you disappoint me. I don't care how many times you've given up on me or yourself. I have not, I have not changed my thoughts or my plans concerning you. He knew what would happen. All things work together. For the good of them who love the Lord, called according to his purpose. If you're still serving my purpose, it may not feel good. But the process you're going through, it's for your good because it's right on schedule with the formula that he has for your life. Tell somebody, I'm on schedule. Don't feel good, but I'm on schedule. The second thing I want to share with you is my faith is the X factor. Tell somebody, my faith is the X factor. So many times we're like, Lord, when, uh, when God shows up, that's going to change everything. And when God shows up, but it's our faith in God, when he shows up, that activates his power. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hebrews 4 and 2 says this, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as to them, but the word preached to them did not profit them, because it was not properly mixed with faith to those who heard it. We can stand and we can listen to the word and we can listen to our favorite preacher and we can sing every song, every hymn, every verse and we can have the word playing 24 hours a day. But if we don't do our part to mix the missing ingredient of our faith, tell somebody your faith, your faith. is the X factor. Your faith is the active ingredient. Have you ever looked on the back of a, a, a bottle or something and it has those ingredients and then at the bottom it has the active ingredients. The active ingredients are the things that when they are added to the solution, all the other qualities of the other things become activated. All the promise, all the prophecy, all the things that God has in store for you, it is waiting on the active ingredient of your faith. And until you're willing to release it, God's hands are tied. In this moment, people of God, all the word we receive, all the prophecy we receive, all the things that God has spoken on us, God said, it's time for me to make a withdrawal on what I've deposited. And he has trusted us enough to be going through what we're about to go through. Because he knows what's in you. And I'm talking to us as a body. He knows what's in us. And it's time for it to come to the surface. Touch your name and tell come out. Wherever you are. It's time for the you that the body of Christ needs to come to the surface. Well, I'm scared and I don't know. No, no. God hadn't given us the spirit of fear. That's a, that's a scripture for everything. Well, the last time I tried in the last church I did, uh, uh, the body needs what you provide. And so it's, it's five things I want to share with you 
about the X factor of your faith. First thing is faith to worship. Somebody say worship. Let me tell you something. A worshiper will never be, they may get down, but they'll never be out. You ain't got to sing like me, and you ain't got to, you ain't got to fly. But if you just keep worship and praise on your lips. First of all, he inhabits the praises. So if you want God to show up, keep praise on your lips. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually without fail or without ceasing be on my lips. One of the people I love interacting with is Sister Janet right here on the front row. Because I was like, Sister Janet, how was your week? It was good, Pastor. Praise God. I mean, it's, it's, it's so in her. She's such a praiser. She's such a worshiper. That even just in regular conversation, it just comes out of her spirit. Out of the abundance of the heart. What, y'all? The mouth speaks. So you don't understand that, 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 that I don't know if it was actually developed there, but I know that her praising was shaped in the crucible of pain. You know, see, a lot of people don't know that she had to bury her daughter. See, that, that, that's, that's out of the course of nature. Children are supposed to bury their parents. But she had to bury her daughter who was coming home from college one day from Appalachian, is it correct? And a car fell off. It was praise that sustained her. It was her faith in God. I pray that nobody ever has to go through that pain and anguish. But do you not know that she had to make a decision? Either God, I'm going to trust you. Or this thing I've been believing in all my life, it ain't worth a plug nickel. She made a decision that she, she's going to, and things will happen in your life, people of God, and you have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a fork and roll. You have to make a decision. I'm going to mildew or I'm going to barbecue. But God said, will you make a decision to trust me? Do you have faith enough to praise me? David went through that. Well, he prayed for his son after he messed up and he sinned with Bathsheba. Word of God said he put sackcloth and ashes on his head. And when they told him that the boy was dead, Word of God said he rose up and he ate. And he went to the house of God to worship. We all can lift our hands when things are going good, y'all. We can jump up and down and got good, got good activity in our, in our knees when things are going good. But what about when you're faced with tragedy? What about when you're going through? What about when things are looking like there's a vice that is, that is tightening and every time you take a breath, it's like a python. It squeezes tighter and it squeezes tighter. You know, life can do that to you sometimes. But you got to do like Sister Janet. You got to make a decision. For God, I live. For God, I die. I let nothing, neither height nor depth, no things present, no things come, separate me. From the love of God. Tell somebody, you got to have faith to worship. Here's the other thing people got. Not only got to have faith to worship, but you got to have faith to pray. When we pray to God, it is an acknowledgement that God, I can't handle this on my own. Do you realize that when we fail to pray to God, we are really being arrogant? Because praying to God is an acknowledgement that I can't do it myself. And I need assistance. Tell somebody, I need help. Before I get in trouble, I need help. I need help to stay out of trouble. I need help to guide my footsteps. I need help. And so many times we use prayer for emergency purposes. We use prayer to break in case of emergency. I'm in a tight spot, God, so I'm going to pray to you. God said, if you would just stay in constant communication with me, 
and you would live a life of prayer and communication with me, I'll tell you secrets. I will give you insight as to where you're going. Nothing, as much as it caught you by surprise, nothing catches God by surprise. And so as a body, we're going to start being more intentional, even more towards prayer. We've got an intercession group, and that's all well and good. But tomorrow, I believe we're going to be praying. I'll be praying. <laughs> I'll be praying, but we'll be praying together as a body. But Tuesdays and Thursday, put that on the screen, y'all. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I believe we're going to start 6 a.m. and 12 p.m. prayer. Somebody tell me something. Tomorrow at 6 a.m. I show up at the hospital at 6 a.m., so that'd be great. Um, that's the conference call. Number one, you need to be praying. And Tuesday through Friday at 12 p.m., we're going to be getting together and praying. I'm going to ask you to do something through this period that we're going through. To tell somebody we're in transition. And we have to cover ourselves in prayer. And it's something about us getting together. On Wednesdays, and this is something they just found out just hot off the press. I want us to get together, those that believe. How many of y'all believe in prayer? That nothing is released from heaven except it's first spoken in the earth. Okay? God desires to release some things, but unless we speak some things. How many, how many of y'all got some things you, you are believing God to break through in your life? But we're going to be getting together, let's say, Wednesdays at 6.30. Not going to be a long time. We're going to bombard heaven together. It's something about us getting together. You hearing another brother, sister praying. And you hear the collective. It's okay that we get all together on the phone. But this is for the hungry people. How many of y'all are hungry for God to do something? How many of y'all want to see God move in a supernatural way? Let me tell you something. God has already showed me the supernatural that is about to break out in this place. That we've seen little drips and drabs, but this is going to be the conduit by which God is going to do, start doing the supernatural even the more in this place. So I want us to get together. I'll come when I can, when I'm released to, by the doctor and my wife. <laughs> but just know, then we have, have, have faith enough to pray. We don't use, it is a mighty privilege, y'all. It, 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 it is our secret weapon that we do not use enough. The privilege of prayer. What did God say? Men should always pray. Not for bad times, not just in bad times, and, and they are definitely the, that's definitely an appropriate time, but we should always be praying. Next thing is, Faith to give. Somebody say give. In this season and going forward, closed hands will not receive what God has for you. Closed hands can't receive. And we're not just talking about money. We're talking about giving your time. Serving. As pastor, it's, it's my ambition. I was like, I don't want us to just a whole pack while I'm out. I want to have to catch up with y'all. There have been people, with, there have been people that have started. I'm going to serve in this area, and then we don't see you. You start something, you stop it. You start giving faithfully in your tithes and your offering, and then you stop it. The body needs you. Tell somebody the body needs you. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. And it may be a faith thing. We give in faith, but some of you, if you, you you're gonna have, we're going to have to make God some priority. We want, we want the best from God, y'all. But so many times in society, we're trying to give as little as we can and maximize what we get. God said, if you just trust me, trust me. Tell somebody, I believe. I'm telling you, hey, 
I've already seen, I've already, I've already seen some of the pre-prices for what they've already done and going to do. And, and I, I've got co-insurance to make before that. Guess what? I'm not going to draw back on my giving to God and give more honor to an insurance company than I do to God. God, you, if you ordered my steps, you knew I'd be here, that means that there was provision for me. Come on, y'all. See, either we, we, got, we have to believe this thing holistically. Now, sometimes we are mismanaging what God gives us, and then we want to make what well, God you understand. No, he, he really doesn't, because he made us the managers of our time, our energy, our efforts, and the resources that he's given us. God said, if you just, if you just acknowledge me first, I will give you the wisdom. I'll give you the provision. I'll cause men to give under your bosom. I'll give you the favor, but I need you to give it to me first. Amen? The next thing is serve. We just talked about that. We need you in the various areas. We need you to serve. If you're not serving, we need you to serve. Find a place to serve. We need you to find a place to serve. The body needs you. Tell somebody the body needs you. And the last thing is faith to build. That we don't just want to maintain our job during this period is to build. How are we going to build? We're going to build the kingdom by telling people about Jesus. We're going to build the kingdom by telling about, you know what? We are believing God like never before. You need to come to church with me. You need to come to church to hear, hear whoever's going to be preaching for that day. It doesn't matter because God is going to be here. Tell somebody, you have to be a builder. God in his infinite wisdom Jesus was a carpenter. Carpenters are builders. They can come in a room and they can see, oh, it needs to be this long, that long. It makes it for a function and a purpose. Tell somebody, you must be a builder. We have to have faith to build. The last thing I want to share with you is that I've been preparing for this moment all my life. I've been all my life I've been preparing for this moment. The life of this church has prepared us for this moment. You may feel inadequate. We may feel like we're too, you know, we're too few in number to do what we're going to do, and we should back off. I'm reminded in Samuel, the first chapter, where David went to his father. His father sent him out there to serve his brothers. At this point, he would have been anointed king. And he saw Goliath mocking God's people. And David became indignant. He said, what's going on? I don't like how he's talking about our people. And they said, David, you don't need to mess with this. And then he convinced them to let them let do it. And Saul said, okay, this is too much for you. He said, you got to understand, I tend to my father's sheep. And a bear came after one of my dad's sheep. And I tore him up with my bare hands. A bear came one day and a lion and everything I've been doing has prepared me for this moment. Tell somebody you're right on schedule. You've been properly trained. So you don't realize the hardships you've been going through. It was preparing you to fight in this moment. And sometimes you don't realize to the, see, sometimes we look for the moment. Sometimes the moments find us and all your training and all you've been through where, where other people are freaking out. Oh, man, I've seen this before. Oh, we got it. Oh, man, this ain't nothing. But I want you to do not discount yourself. Tell somebody, don't discount yourself. God can do more with willing people 
than a whole coliseum of people that just showed up for the show. I want to show you something. One of my favorite movies, it's kind of gruesome, but it's, it's, it's the moral from it, is the, is the movie 300. It's gruesome. But there's a scene I want to show you, and it's only a minute long, and then we're going to get out of here. That it's not about the numbers that we have around us. It's about the fabric of what's on the inside of you. And I want you to know that there is good stuff inside of you. Everybody's standing. We're going to stand, we're going to watch this scene, and then we're going to encourage each other, we're going to go. But I want you to tell your neighbor that there's good stuff inside of you. And it's time for it to come to the surface. Come on, encourage somebody. Tell me, it's good stuff inside of you. And it's time for it to come to the surface. Tell them, don't discount yourself. Don't you hold your head down. Don't look at the enemy. Look who's on, look for who's on your side. Go ahead and play that clip. Dark sauce. What a pleasant surprise. This morning's full of surprises, Leonidas. We've been tricked. This is a surprise. Silence. We heard Sparta was on the warpath. We were eager to join forces. If it is blood you seek, you're welcome to join us. But you bring only this handful of soldiers against Xerxes? You see, I was wrong to expect Sparta's commitment to at least match our own. Doesn't it? You, there. What is your profession? I'm a potter. And you, Arcadian. What is your profession? Sculptor, sir. You? Blacksmith. Spartans! What is your profession? See, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. How many soldiers in this place? <laughs> y'all, y'all. See, you have to understand in that scene, the other people had more people. And he asked him, what do you do? I'm a sculptor, I'm a potter. But he asked the Spartans, what, what is our profession? They have, been, they have been warriors ever since they were children. That all their life, all they've been trained to do was to fight, was to kill, was to win. And if you look back over your life, God has been training you for the moment to fight this battle that you're in right now. What have you been born to do? What have you been born to do? Tell somebody, we will fight. We will win. Tell somebody we will fight and we will win. We will not taste defeat. You will move forward. We will win in victory. The devil is defeated in your life individually and in the life of this church corporately. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into your heart. The thing that God has prepared for you. All God needs is a willing fighter. All God needs is a vessel that will not give up. That will not get in. Having done all to stand with your loins girded about you. Somebody lift your hand and say, God, I'll fight. 
But God wants to know, do you believe? Do you believe that he has you here on purpose for a purpose? Do you believe that your faith is the missing ingredient? Do you believe that your faith, that God has just been waiting for your faith? Faith enough to believe. Faith enough to pray. Faith enough to serve and to give what God has placed in you. Do you have it in you? And by God, you have to have faith enough to believe that I was born for this moment. I was born. I was born. Everything I've been through, every hurt, every disappointment, every time people closed the door on me, it was just preparing me for my moment. And now I'm going to fight with everything I've got into me. I need prayer warriors to fight. I need every morning that you say, devil, you will not come and cause my life to be run roughshod. You will not cause our ministry to receive. We will take territory before we give territory up. We thank you, Lord, for giftings. And for calling, somebody lift your hands. We thank you, Lord, for giftings and callings to come to the surface even now. We thank you that the strong shall, shall, shall bear the infirmities of the weak. I thank you, Lord, that when I come back in this place, God, when I grace the threshold of this place, God, that they'll have they'll be, we'll have to buy extra seats because of the thing, the multiplication that has happened in this room. Lord, do it through us. It's not about the pastor. It's not about the first lady. Lord, these signs shall follow. Live that believe. And today, God, we make a declaration that we believe. Lord, we're going past what we say, God. It's in our belief. I thank you, Lord, for multiplication. I thank you, Lord, for giftings and callings coming to the surface. I thank you for those that were afraid to step out, that a boldness as a lion begins to invade our spirits, that we will not retreat. We will move forward and we will take territory for your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to do it through us. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to do it through us. Lord, you're not sending help. God, we are the help. We thank you, Lord, that you have placed in us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We thank you, Lord, that we are well able. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things, all things are possible. And so, God, we lift our voices and we will declare that we believe. We believe. We believe. We will not falter at your promise. We believe. We believe. Somebody lift your voice, lift your hands and say, God, I believe. Strength is coming to the believer. Help is coming to the believer. Salvation and deliverance is coming to the believer. These signs will follow them that believe. We thank you, Lord, for miracles, signs, and wonders that follow us. Follow us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.